The bulldozer-in-chief, the Minister for Everything or Australia's COVID saviour. Depending on who you ask, Scott Morrison's legacy has been one of either a true champion for the quiet Australians or one of the most divisive leaders in the country in its history. Today, Australia's 30th Prime Minister marked his departure from Parliament after nearly 17 years, more than three of those in the top job. In his valedictory speech today, he noted in particular his achievements with the economy and guiding Australia through the pandemic. Australia would emerge with one of the lowest fatality rates from COVID in the developed world. When compared to the average fertility rates of the OECD countries, Australia's response saved more than 30,000 lives. We were described as the gold standard of COVID responses by Bill Gates at the Munich Security Conference and the second most COVID prepared nation by the John Hopkins Institute. Well, James Masola is the National Affairs Editor for The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. He was watching uh, the former Prime Minister give his valedictory speech today. James, what did you make, make of this speech? Was Which sort of Scott Morrison, if you like, was on display? Look, he, he himself, Andy, and thanks and good to be with you, he himself made it very clear that he was leaving the parliament without any bitterness or rancour, you know, with thankfulness and gratitude for the nearly 17 years that he's had here, proud of his achievements, those sorts of things. I mean, he, of course, name-checked what he thought were the most significant achievements, such as the AUKUS defence arrangement and um, the government's, the then government's handling of COVID, which he said, you know, ensured that something like 30,000 people uh, who, who may have died if the um, COVID settings had been different, didn't in fact die. So he ran through that. There were some light moments as well where he sort of name-checked a bunch of Taylor Swift albums, which he said was at the request of one of his daughters. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, a lot of thank yous, which, you know, most MPs tend to do. There was a big turnout in the chamber of former staff and what have you. Um, pretty much the entire coalition was there, uh, except I think Bridget Archer and Barnaby Joyce. Barnaby, of course, being on leave this week. Um, he spoke for about 30 minutes. He spoke pretty well. Um, yeah, it, it was, a. It, I think, overall a pretty good speech, to be honest. One of your colleagues, Nikki Sava, uh, wrote that among his detractors, Scott Morrison was the worst Prime Minister since Billy McMahon, worse even than Tony Abbott, who lasted a scant two years in the job, end quote. What do you think about that comment? Is that fair? I think, I think probably not, Andy. He definitely had his detractors. I don't think that's going out on a limb to say that. Um, but look, he, he does have some signal achievements. The two that I just mentioned, AUKUS and COVID. The other thing, and, and look, I had sort of 45 minutes with him yesterday to talk about his career, that sort of exit interview that you do. And the other thing he was really keen to emphasise is the progress the former government made in terms of tackling mental health and the additional funding they put into it and so forth. He name-checked Pat McGorry um, as someone who'd been quite influential. He made a point of saying that Daniel Andrews, the Victorian, a former Victorian Premier, had also been really full bottle on that and that he'd been really happy working with Andrews on tackling that issue. And again, he sort of made the point in his speech today that the rate of suicide in Australia has fallen, oh, sorry, had fallen during, uh, I believe it was 2020 and 2021, 
even despite all the lockdowns. So that's another thing he pointed to. And Andy, I should just say, if you can hear that noise in the background, the bells the of bells division. Yeah, yep. yep. apologies. Do you, need, do you yep. need to run off anywhere, or have I got you no, for a few no, minutes? I'm, no, I, unfortunately, I don't get a vote in the Senate or the House of Reps. So it'll be. I'm not sure that would be a great well, idea. Well, as so, one no. of your uh, loyal readers, I feel like you should. Uh, but yeah. anyway, I do want to ask you about the risks of secularism um, that he pointed to in this speech today. He also pointed to um, Judeo. Christian values as being the greatest protector of our freedoms. We know that Scott Morrison has very strong faith. Um, but are these the kinds of statements that are going to do anything to dispel his detractors' view? It feels like it's just more confirmation of, of who he was. And you've got to say, he wore himself and these values on his sleeve. He was always willing to talk about his faith, uh, no, matter, no matter the circumstance. Yeah, look, I think that's exactly right. The point he was making there during the course of his speech was that, you know, even if you don't share my Christian values, um, the the sort of post-religious values upon which this country, uh, well, what's the word? It's not founded, but, you know, operates. The framework of whom human rights that we subscribe to, those sorts of things, they have their basis in something. And that something is the, you know, system of Judeo-Christianity People would do well to remember that, uh, be thankful for that, and what have you. I'll tell you too. I didn't. I don't think it made it into my story in the paper today. But um, I actually asked him yesterday. You know, did he consider himself a trailblazer because he was the first evangelical um, prime minister? You know, an evangelical Christian. And what he said was interesting. He said, "People make a lot of this. Um, I think they get it wrong. Some people don't like evangelicals. That's why they kind of focus on this." And then he said, look, you know, I, I believe in the Holy Trinity. I believe in Jesus. I believe in this. I believe in that. I'm comfortable in Methodist churches, Presbyterian churches, Catholic churches. You know, um, uh, I've got things in common with Hindus and with Jews and with Muslims. And, you know, that's all it is. I like community churches. It's no big deal. I'm not kind of, what's the word, out of step or outside the mainstream, if you like, because I go to uh, the church that I go to. Now, some people will definitely not agree with that, but that's, his worldview. And look, I, I can't remember a former PM ever including a, a, a passage from the Bible in their farewell, uh, you know, their valedictory speech. I, I could well be wrong, um, but he, he read several during the course of his speech today. It's 13 past four. James Masola is the National Affairs Editor for The Age in the Sydney Morning Herald in the Canberra Press Gallery. We're discussing Scott Morrison's retirement from politics after nearly 17 years of service. Of course, today's valedictory speech came after uh, quite a, a long time for the former Prime Minister on the backbench. He spoke about wanting to model himself after Julia Gillard when it comes to his post-politics retirement. Time and I thought that was an interesting comment. Does that mean he won't enter enter into punditry and won't take uh, pot shots in in retirement at his former political adversaries? Yeah, look, that's that is exactly what he's getting at. Um, you'd probably recall that um, Malcolm Turnbull said he wouldn't be a miserable ghost, and Tony Abbott said no wrecking, no sniping, no undermining. That didn't work out so well for either <laughs> of those guys. But look, that is what he means. Um, however, he also said at the same time, and he's joined, joined um, a couple of think tanks in the US, sort of defence-focused, orcusy think tanks, that he will continue to speak up on China. That is something that he's, you know, the Chinese Communist Party's rise, that's something he's quite concerned about. So if you hear from me, it'll be on that. Yeah, do you feel like his statements today about the rise uh, of China and uh, the, quote, bullying and coercion of an aggressive Communist Party government in Beijing, end quote, was connected to his future employment? Because it's not something that he's 
offered much commentary on, certainly since he was a Prime Minister, at least. No, that's right. Look, he's, he's given, I think, one or two speeches, um, I think one to the Hudson Institute, in which I believe is based in Washington, one at a, a, a like a, an event in London to the International Democratic Union. That's about it. It's definitely connected. He, um, you know, when we spoke yesterday, he was talking about how he looked up to and got along well with in politics and he, he sort of said Shinzo Abe, the, the late former Japanese Prime Minister, was the gold standard. Boris, uh, Boris Yeltsin, Boris Johnson was his favourite PM to work with. But then he said, you know, also my two Mikes, Mike Pompeo and Mike Pence, former VP and former, I believe it was CIA director, wasn't he? Um, I'm really close with them. I think he sees himself having a career in that sort of space, if you like, in that in that defence geostrategic space. That's certainly how he's um, positioning himself. And the other thing I'd say, Andy, if I'm hopefully not rabbiting on too much, what I'm interested to see is how his book tour goes. So he's got a book coming out in May. It's more um, a religious book than a memoir, but there's a bit of both. It's launching in the States. The publisher's a Christian American publisher. It will be available here too. And I reckon he's going to have, and he, he sort of hinted at this, um, a bit of time on the speaking circuit, talking to those faith communities who share his view of the world and his faith. Really enjoy reading your work in The Age and The Heralds. James Masola is the National Affairs Editor. Great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, always a pleasure, Andy. Thank you. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.